0: Over the past couple of weeks, if you've been here with us, you know that we're calling out where our values are lived out. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about Andrew and how he was singing his guts out during worship and how that was awesome. Last week, uh, Mariana was dancing her heart out, so we called that out. Uh, tonight, um, it's not just a person, it's actually a, a group of people, and I want to read an email uh, that we got from a mom uh, earlier today. Uh, it says this, I just wanted to say thank you. You all have made my daughters feel very welcomed there, and they look forward to going to church each week. Moving to a new area at their ages is not easy, but God is so good, and he directed us to you all, and you all welcomed them so warmly. It means a lot to this mama's heart to see them happy and getting connected. So tonight, we're not just celebrating one person, we're celebrating all of you. So go ahead and give yourselves a hand, give yourselves a round of applause. Um, Listen. Listen, our third value is that we want to love everywhere. We worship God, we live big, and then we love everywhere. And you guys are living that out when people come into our community, come into our faith family, come into this building on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock for midweek, and instead of making them feel alone, instead of making them feel isolated, instead of making them feel uncomfortable, you welcome them with open arms. You love them because we are a faith family. We're a community, we're a student ministry that is built on the bedrock of loving everywhere, because that's how Jesus lived his life. Amen? Yes. Amen. So let's, uh, let's jump into week three of our series. What's our series called? Anybody been paying attention? Yes. Different. Yeah, we've been in this series called Different, looking at how Jesus, when he lived his life here on earth, he was different. And if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus, we've got to live different also. Uh, tonight, I want to begin by telling you guys a story. This, is a, this isn't a personal story. It's, a, it's kind of a, a, a current event past. It's, it's actually historic. It's in the past now, so I guess that makes it history. But anyways, on uh, November 23rd, 2016, um, a fire started in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. A fire started. Uh, the fire started really, really small, um, but but started to kind of Pick up traction um, over the next several hours. And and the park rangers and those that worked there at the National Park, they kind of they were aware of the situation uh, and they and they kind of had a plan in place uh, for what they were going to do um, about this fire, right? They had they had boundary markers set up uh, for for where they were gonna let it get before they started fire uh, firefighting, pushing the fire back, whatever. Um, but very, very quickly and over the next several days, due to some extreme weather conditions like low humidity, so there was no moisture in the air, uh, there was an extreme drought uh, in Tennessee that year. Uh, over the summer, we had, we had record low rain that year. I know that because at that time, Sarah and I were still living in Knoxville before we moved here. Um, and, and, and wind that, that had gusts up to 87 miles per hour. So that's hurricane force wind uh, that was coming through over the next several Days by by uh, November 28th, so just five days later, uh, this fire had covered 17,136 acres of forest and park. 17,000 acres—that's more than 15 square miles—that this this fire had had burned. I think we actually have some pictures. Yeah, so so, so that's a picture of the fire. There, there's a couple of pictures there that we can kind of scroll through. Um, it destroyed 2,460 individual structures, including people's homes, their vehicles, and so much more. It did over $500 million in damage, in property damage. $500 million. It claimed the lives of 14 people and injured 190 more. This fire started because a group of teenagers had a box of matches. Can you imagine that? A box of matches these kids had as they went on a hike one day. Do you think in their mind, in their wildest imaginations, they would have thought that because of one strike of a match, that, that. As we continue our series in looking at how we are to live different tonight, I want to talk about how our speech should be different. The title of my message tonight is Wildfires. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, Wildfires. Wildfires. Good. My text for tonight comes from James chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. If you've got a Bible, I'll give you a second to turn there. James James 3, verses 4 through 6. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. It'll be on the screen behind me. This is what God's Word says in the book of James. Look at the ships also. Though they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, whatever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member. Yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small Fire by a box of matches. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. And set on fire by hell, setting on fire the entire course of life. I think James writes that, he pins that in his, in his letter to the churches that he's encouraging because he understands, point number one tonight, that our speech has potential. Everybody say the word Potential potential good on your seat when you came in tonight um you received a little a little card um that that's just for you to use throughout the night if you want to take some notes from this message i do believe that this is the most practical message i have ever preached since i began preaching why do i believe that i believe that because we speak every single day do we not we do Every one of us, to some degree, some of us more than others, speak. We use words. We use our mouth to communicate things. And so, so I believe that this is the most practical message that I've ever preached before because of the things that we're getting ready to look at, starting with this idea that our speech has potential just like that little box of matches that set thousands upon thousands of acres of forest and mountain on fire causing hundreds of millions of dollars of damage so our speech the words we use has the potential for good or for evil that little box of matches if it if it just sat on this table tonight How useful would it be? How much damage could it cause? And yet, when it was picked up and struck, it caused massive catastrophes. Here's the thing that we have to think about, though. Fire, in a lot of senses, is a double-edged sword meaning that it has the potential for both good and bad. My little brother, his name's Evan, I love him a lot. He's a senior this year at Eastern Kentucky University. His degree is wildlife management. He wants to perhaps be a park ranger or a biologist um, in, in a park, Uh, He loves the outdoors, he wants to spend his whole life outdoors, but one of the things that Evan told me in a conversation that we were having, which was the most impactful thing that he's done thus far in his time as a student in the wildlife management program is when he saw um, a controlled burn, when he got to take part in a controlled burn with one of his classes. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but park rangers and those that work at national parks um, do these things called controlled burns, where they identify an area, they set that area on on fire because fire actually has a way when it's burned things down, it releases nitrogen back into the environment to help spur on new growth. And so he said, um, at the beginning of the semester, they went to this area in eastern Kentucky where they did a controlled burn, and they set this thing on fire, and then firefighters came and and managed the area really well. And then they got to go back at the end of the semester, and they saw uh, what, what happened when you do controlled burns the right way. And he said it was the most breathtaking thing he had ever seen. How the earth just regenerates. It takes care of itself. how how setting this thing on fire that initially causes some sort of destruction is actually a really, really good thing for the environment because it helps trees grow back stronger, which which produces more oxygen in the air, which stems on more life. Fires can be really, really good, but they can also be really, really bad, and so can your speech. The words that you use. Because much like that box of matches, if it just sat up here, if we never open our mouths, then our tongue has no potential in any direction, good or bad. And yet when we open our mouths and we begin talking, we give our words potential. Potential for life and for good or potential for evil and for death. The words you use have the potential to change someone's life. Hear me, students. They have the potential to open someone's eyes. They have the potential to shape someone's future. They have the potential to set someone free from an addiction or or a burden. They have the potential to save someone from making a terrible mistake in the places that they go, the people they pursue, the substances they consume, the drinks that they drink, or the thoughts that they have. Your thoughts have potential to heal or to hurt Your speech has potential to build or to break, to restore or to wreck, to point someone to Jesus or to put them down and paralyze them from taking one more step towards a saving relationship with him. Your words have that potential. Your speech has the potential to set a gospel wildfire in your school, in your family, in your community, in your friend group, on your team, in your club, wherever you might be where people are coming to church and coming into a relationship with Jesus like crazy, or it has the potential to set a wildfire in a different way, a gossip-filled, life-sucking, faith-quenching wildfire where people are repulsed by the name of Jesus all by your speech. all by the way you speak. Your speech has potential for the future. But it also has power in the present. And that's point number two tonight. Your speech has power in the present. Our speech has power, and so it should be different. My, my Greek professor told me uh, to never use a Greek word in a sermon because people just don't care. I'm going to break that rule tonight, okay? I'm going to break that rule because I want to show you guys this. Um, The Greek word for power is dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. Dunamis. Say it one more time to make sure I know you got it. Say dunamis. Wow, we got a bunch of Greek scholars in the house tonight. Dunamis. What does that word sound like? Does it sound like dynamite at all? Dunamis, dynamite, maybe a little bit. Well, that's this word dunamis is actually where we get our word dynamite from. And what kind of power does dynamite have? Does it have like a little bit of power? No. It has explosive. Dude, did you read my notes? It has explosive power. Dynamite has explosive power that can blast through mountains to make passageways. I think we have, uh, 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 yeah, there's dynamite. There it is. Like dynamite created that passageway. Dynamite has the power to blow up cities and civilization. Dynamite has extreme power, and so does your speech. Back to the text, James says that your speech is like a little teeny tiny rudder on a massive ship. The ship is moved by the winds and the waves. Your life is moved by the circumstances and and the situations and the trials that you find yourself in, but the direction that it goes is based on the rudder. Similar, your life, the direction of your life can very much be shaped by the words that you use because your speech has power. What does that mean practically? It means that your speech has the power to direct others toward or deter others from God. The words you use can direct others toward or deter others from God. I, uh, Sarah and I, we were really blessed last year. We got to go out to California Uh, We had a really good time out there seeing some friends that we love very dearly One of the things that we decided to do while we were out there though was to go to Yosemite We wanted to go to Yosemite National Park and uh, do some hiking there See some of the big mountains there, El Capitan, um, so on and so forth We were going to do some hiking while we were out there um, Because we like to spend time outside and just kind of see God's creation Um, And and so we started the three-hour drive from where we started in Monterey To where we were supposed to end in Yosemite and uh, unfortunately for us, the timing that we were there was during um, uncontrolled wildfires, okay? So these are fires that were not set intentionally. Something happened, some, some natural thing happened uh, to start these. And so we were driving through, and I can, I can remember, I can picture in my mind vividly right now. I wish, I wish I could show it to you guys. It was the eeriest, scariest setting that I had ever been in. Um, because the, the, the sky was the middle of the day, but the sky was dark. Um, there was just this low light from the fires in the distance it was hazy um, it was it was very foggy from all of the smoke um, environmentalists said that the air quality then in Yosemite was worse than China's air quality at the highest point when they had terrible air quality like this was really really bad and so we were driving through uh, making our way to the visitor center and when we got to the visitor center uh, they said that that actually we we, we couldn't um, they, they didn't advise us hiking because the air quality was so bad. And in fact, we had, to, we had to go out a different way. We had to take a detour out because they had just closed the road that we drove in on because the fire had swept over uh, over the road and, and was now taking over more of the forest in the park that we were in. The The power of this fire, it, it deterred us from, from staying at all. Like we didn't even get to stay there. We had to, we had to go. I mean, we, we had already booked a yurt and we were going to do glamping because... Sarah. Um, but anyways, uh, so we weren't staying there, but but still it deterred us from doing anything in the park, and it, and it sent us on a detour from going back the way that we came, right? But again, the fire is, can be a, a double-edged sword, and so that means that Your speech, I'm back in my message now, has the power to deter others from their sin and detour them to Jesus or vice versa. Your speech has the power to deter others from stepping into a relationship with Jesus and detour them back into living a life of sin, back into their old ways, back into the patterns of their flesh where they're pursuing worldly desires. Your speech, students, has that power. Lastly, point number three is the word purpose. Everybody say purpose. Purpose. But say it with some purpose. Say purpose. purpose. Good. Our speech should have a purpose. I'd love to just, for the rest of my time today, tonight... Just be really, really practical with some do's and don'ts of our speech. Because with every conversation we have, I believe that we need to be intentional and purposeful with the words that we use. We know and we've seen how much potential and how much power our words have. So let's be practical in the purpose that we give our words. Is that okay? Really quick, you've got bullet points there to fill this in. Hannah, you're gonna to have to keep up with me on the slides, all right? So, we do want to encourage. We wanna encourage people with our speech. What we don't wanna do is entice them, okay? We don't want to entice, we don't want to provoke people into sin. We don't want to entice them to continue living a life apart from Jesus. We do want to give them hope. We want to tell people that in the midst of their addictions and in the midst of their adversities and in the midst of the trying times that, they're in, that there is this person who can give them hope because he himself is hope. His name's Jesus. But we don't want to gossip. We don't want to continue to, to spread gossip. We want to build people up. We want to tell people about Jesus and how they can build their life on this solid rock whose name is Jesus, who, though the storms of life may come, they will never shake. They will never crumble. We want to build people up, but we don't want to belittle people. We don't want to put people down. We don't want to, we don't, we don't want to, to belittle them and make them feel less than, as if they have no value. We do want to delight with our speech. When God moves in your life, in the lives of your friends, in the lives of your peers, in the environments around you, when you see God move, we want to delight in that. We want to celebrate that. We want to to rejoice in that. We don't want to drag others down. If you're anything like me, when you're having a bad day, you just want to bring somebody down with you. To make sure that you're not the only person at the bottom. We don't, we don't want to do that. We want to delight even in the storms, even in the darkest nights. We do want to be humble with our speech. We don't want to humiliate people. We do want to rejoice. We don't want to neglect. We don't want to reject. And if you're sitting there thinking, uh-oh, Jackson, I do all the don'ts on that list, and I don't do any of the do's, that's okay. I'm guilty of all of this, right? But, but let's start to work on that today, right? Band, you guys can go ahead and come on up. Let's determine in our hearts today that that we're going to use our speech different from this moment on. Let's decide tonight that we're going to use our words different. Listen to me, friends. I know it's hard to shut gossip down and not get caught up in the hottest tea. Right, I know that it's difficult after a frustrating conversation to not drag somebody's name through the dirt. I know that it's painful to be broken up with or to be hurt in some sort of relationship and not want to insult them or get back at them somehow. I know how hard it is to feel betrayed and not want to just smear somebody's reputation, but that's what the world does. And Jesus was different. If you're going to call yourself a follower of Jesus, then you are called to live different as well with every word that you say. Let's pray.